Right, when you're ready. No, I'm ready already. Are you ready already? I'm ready already. Okay. Well, we've got an interesting theme for today, which is Blinstuds specifically. What I really want to talk about is the recently released 2018 vintage. Was it a good year, Jason? Well, I think that is what we've got the next um, 15, 20 minutes to decide, work out. Between the two of us. I think the short answer is... Probably. Adventures in Wine I'm David Chandler and he is Jason Yap. Twenty seventeen was the shortest aggregate French grape harvest since the Second World War, since nineteen forty five. And that was due to a I'm not sure if you have can you have a quadruple whammy? Well we'll we'll go. Well, I think I think we're just having one. Um so the French did. Of poor bud break. So that's bad flowering. Frost So why is the bad flowering? Just once again, just temperature? Yeah, climatic conditions. Yeah. Okay. It's very hard to be too precise about why that happens, but it's definitely out of the nature and, mm-hmm. and the environment. Frost, damaging um, flowering fruit. Yeah. Hail and <laughs> and drought. And um, drought. That's it's so, acts of God, you know. Um, so he doesn't want us to drink anymore. So that was a relatively short harvest. By contrast, 2018 was relatively abundant. Okay. I mean, it was much more prolific, and it's. It's being parceled by many French pundits and winemakers as being both abundant and very good. Okay. Um, And it's really early days because obviously the first wines are uh, only recently released from from Europe, which is obviously six months behind the southern hemisphere. And the early signs are encouraging, but it was a weird growing season, so they had a very wet winter that continued into this is throughout large tracts of wine country in France which continues to a very wet spring and they had a lot of problems with mildew and had to treat the vines a lot which is very difficult if you're trying to farm organically Mm -hmm. and it was looking increasingly problematic and then what they ended up with and particularly in Bordeaux is then a, a long warm dry sunny summer okay which yielded small berries, and in some places, right down as far as Italy, actually shriveled berries. So okay. berries that got water swelled and then shrunk, which leads to great concentration. And then it lies down to the winemaking. We are getting warmer harvests and earlier harvests, and that's without doubt due to climate change. Whether that's having, in the short term, a beneficial effect on some of these classic winemaking areas or not, um, uh, it's too early to say. We're not going to taste any, you know, Grand Vin, any fine wines today, simply because they're all still in barrels. Mm-hmm. You know, they have mm-hmm. a longer élevage; they take longer to make, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's early. But I've got a few things that I thought we should taste. Mm-hmm. 
and just give us a snapshot of, um, of how things are looking in these early days. So I thought I'd, I'd start off with an old favourite. It's um, from the Savoir. Mm-hmm. It's called L'Orangerie. Um, 2018 bottling from Domaine de Lidille. And the grape, as you may recall, is Jacquère, which is a local grape there in the foothills of the Alps. This is a wine beloved of skiers and climbers. And um, it's got a lovely alpine freshness, but let me get a drop in a glass and then you can judge for yourself. So, Domaine de la Deal L'Orangerie 2018, mm. recently shipped. One thing we have to be a bit mindful of is that no wine shows at its best when it's been recently bottled. And they call it bottled okay. shop. But I think these probably had just about enough time to be... That's nice and fresh and fruity, Jason. It has. It's got a lovely sort of zesty, almost like blossom on the nose. Smoother than you expect it to be. Not too high in alcohol, so mm. nice crispness. So our first 2018 of the day, I think, showing the vintage in a very good light. Very clear, zesty, crisp. I mean, that's a lovely spring aperitif. It would also work very well with um, shellfish. Some, you know, some moor or or even oysters on a half shell. And then, moving up a gear, and I thought it would be a shame not to include one, because um, it has been such a bountiful vintage for a region that has had a really erratic recent history, is a Chablis. So this is a classic Chablis from Christophe Camus, who um, is actually based in the middle of the town, and his recently released 2018, and no doubt about it, this is a vintage that they have been celebrating in Chablis. It sounds like a bit of an old-fashioned wine to me, Chablis. Has it got a bit of a reputation as being a bit stuffy? It's certainly traditional, but um, I would argue classic. And the classics never really get the column inches they necessarily merit qualitatively. But like any, they're classic for a reason. Because they tend tend to be good. It just would um, seem like the conservative choice in a restaurant. Well, sommeliers hate it. Because people pretty much know what they're going to get. Right. It's okay. all made from Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to be very minerally. They can be quite oaky, but they're fresh and they're very good with seafood. And this is a, normally a classic example. And I've yet to taste this vintage. It's only just arrived. It's a lot more subtle on the nose, though. So it's got a much deeper colour than the Savoir. Mm-hmm. And it has got a much richer bouquet, hasn't it? There's, there's more going on there. Mm. That's rather nice. I'm not a big fan of Chardonnay either, but that's very nice. Well, that's got quite a rich mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. I think it gets racked in used oak barrels at some point, but it's not heavily marked by wood. Um, it's very smooth and it's got great length. Mm-hmm. And what Chablis is famous for is that minerality, that kind of wet pebble okay. characteristic. And I think that has that in abundance. I mean, uh, bring on... Bring on the wet pebbles. Bring on the seafood. Uh, a, a large um, platter of fruit de mer and the rest of that bottle and uh, we'll be home free, Dave. I think that sounds like a jolly good idea. 
Next up, and uh, it's a genre um, we've always championed, is um, a Rui, so in the Loire Valley. And the vigneron of the Loire are cock-a-hoop about the 2018 vintage. I was on the Van Val de Loire website yesterday, and what a year. Even the oldest wine growers can scarcely remember a better Loire harvest, mm. both in quality and yield. 2018 will be etched on our memories as a historic vintage. So, so say the Rui Vigneron of the Loire. So they they only say once in the course of a morning. They're pretty upbeat about it. And the interesting thing about this wine is its colour, because it's it's a Pinot Gris, and it, it makes what we used to call a Van Gris. These very very pale roses that are you know almost neutral in colour, and that's incredibly fashionable right now. Yeah. And that trend. Came out of no doubt about it, Provence. But it it's wrong to believe that it is unique to Provence because they've been doing it for a long time in the central vineyards of the Loire Valley. And mm-hmm. this is this is a classic example. And really, very famously, uh, used to have a big oyster market and, and fair. And it's a wine that goes very well with shellfish. And it's a um, very attractive uh, blush, that isn't it? It's just a palest of mm-hmm. palest of, sort of onion mm-hmm. skin, even paler than that. Mm-hmm. And that is incredibly fashionable right now. But they've been making it that way for for many years. So I think we should sample it without further ado. bit of red currant and rose hip on the nose that's super dry isn't it i mean it's tight and taut and it's got that crunchy fruit and really high palate cleansing acidity that's at the palest and driest end of the rose spectrum Mm -hmm. recently released and i mean all you're waiting for now is a a bit of sunny weather and um, i think it looks great and and tastes great so on the evidence thus far 2018 seems to be Certainly a promising vintage for whites and roses. Yeah. Certainly does. Well, that begs the question, how does it fare for red wines? It's very early days because we haven't shipped many because many haven't been bottled. But we do have a couple. Okay. So we have a lovely organic Chinon from... Uh, La Pentille, made by the Desbordes family. Cabernet Franc is the grape. Mm-hmm. I'm just touching this bottle as the optimum temperature, just above cellar temperature. You right. never okay. really want to be drinking these cool climate reds too warm. They just lose a certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah. So they're very supple tannins and lots of bright red fruit characteristics. And um, if you taste them at ambient temperature certainly um, you know centrally heated ambient temperature yeah. you're, you're missing a trick because so that is cooler than room temperature isn't it yeah it's between room and cellar temperature mm-hmm. um, which is ideal I can't claim much credit for that it's just come out of the boot of my car you'll see the colour that's really typical of a young company from it's just bright purple with Keats's famous beaded bubbles winking at the rim. Um, uh, I've never 
never heard that before in my life. Tell me more. No, no, you must have. Keats's beaded bubbles. Yeah, yeah. Winking at the brim. The blushful Hippocrene. Well, he was definitely referring to a wine from further south than this. But all oh, um, right, okay. It's a beautiful you, colour. It's a beautiful colour. It's got an amazing scent. That is mm. absolutely classy. Oh wow, that is. Um, Gorgeous. Really bright red fruit, mm. crushed red fruit. So it's mm. a bit of raspberry, a bit of blackberry leaf even. So what I love about these wines is they've, they've got a very savoury streak. They're not fruit bombs, um, which you very often further south you, you can get. They, they've got a kind of uh, fresh acidity and these supple tannins and they're palate cleansing. So it's the ideal wine for one of our your preferred lunches if you have a, a steak frite you know a okay. nice, a nice oh, bavette with chips really? and, a, and, a, and a green it, salad it's, it smells like raspberry ripple Jason yeah but on the palate mm-hmm. you've got that very pure fruit but it's mm. it's got a freshness and acidity as well so it's, it's not just all about sweetness no no no, no not at all and, and um, quite a streak of tannin almost it's a verging on green tannin Mm-hmm. But that is why they work so well with food. Okay. Lightly yeah. chilled, bit of grilled red meat, or you know, a mushroom dish, full of cork, and um, you're good to go with that. It's really what the French call a vin plaisir. You know, you can't pontificate about it too much. It's not really great complexity, but it's just hedonistically enjoyable from the moment you open the bottle. It is super. And then, somewhat to my surprise. And it can only be because the 2017 vintage was so short. We already have a bottling of our old favourite from the south of France, from the Vaucluse, the Petit Caboche. It's one of the first wines I ever tasted from Yap Brothers, was the Petit Caboche. Jean-Pierre Boisson, who makes this wine with his daughter Emily, told me... That so he's first and foremost a Chateau Neuf de Pat producer mm-hmm. with over 50 vintages to his name. And he told me that he harvested the shortest, so the smallest and largest vintages of his career, his entire career, back to back in 2017 and 2018. Okay, so that's quite an interesting statistic, isn't it? And uh, the Petit Bosch is very much their entry-level Van der Pey or IGP. It's a hugely popular wine for us, but this is the new vintage, and we've definitely shipped it earlier than we would normally, and that is because of the shortfall of the 2017. When he makes the wine, does he have to change what he does according to the harvest? In other words if it's big or small or it's been a very difficult year or the grapes are shriveled or whatever, do they change their recipe at all? Do they just carry on doing what they do? Well, they change the rules. So okay. in um, in any given Appalachian controller, you have a permitted yield. And that's very often between you know 38 and 40 hectolitres per hectare. That's the That's the formula they use. And um, in a particularly abundant vintage, which 2018 is, winemakers can apply for an extension to that permitted uh, figure. And that happens a lot, but it's, it's hugely variable. So uh, in Congrieur, for example, in the Northern Rhone, which is a place we both love, 
they made twice as much wine in 2018 as they did in 2017. So wow. there's a huge variance. And people, mm-hmm. people can insure against short harvests okay. and a succession of short harvests. Mm-hmm. It's a very expensive thing to do. But you might if your economy entirely depended on it. Because historically, yeah. a lot of these winemakers practice what's called polyculture. So they would keep cattle or grow cereal crops or very often in the northern realm, fruit mm-hmm. and keep poultry, goats, etc. to offset a difficult vintage. They didn't have literally all their eggs in one basket. Okay. But they will tweak things according to the vintage. And um, classically, for example, we were talking earlier about bud break. That will affect one grape variety more than another. For example, famously in Chateauneuf de Pap, you know, Grenache is very prone to it, to couleur, poor bud break. And if you get less Grenache, then you have a higher percentage of the other grapes mm-hmm. in the blend. And mm-hmm. it is going to change the wine, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. So mm-hmm. part of it is the hand you're dealt by nature. Mm-hmm. And part of it is down to official rules and what you are an are not allowed to do. So um, it's a rather long-winded way of saying it's a bit of both. Partly nature, uh, partly legislature. Let's get on and taste the drop. So again, a great colour, really deep purple colour. It's been a while, old friend. Well, this is wine that does tend to drink itself. It's always good from release. No doubt about it, it's it punches above its weight. It, you, you've got a, a Chateauneuf, seasoned Chateauneuf producer using quite a diverse blend of grapes, uh, one of which is a relatively modern creation mm. called Egiodola, and it's blended with Caladoc, Marcelin, and Syrah. Mm. That's um, actually it's quite mellow, isn't it? Very smooth. For an inexpensive wine. And the tannins are very ripe. Mm-hmm. It does cry out for food, though, I think. That's got more of your blushful hippocrene. It's warm. Not so many bubbling beads, though. No, it hasn't. But it's it's warm and smooth and seductive. With wealth of, you know, Gary mm. fruit, almost stewed red fruit. Is it a Chateau Neuf de Pape by any other name? Is that really what's going on here? Well, you've not? got to be very, very careful about that because... Funny enough, Chateauneuf de Pape is why they created the Appalachian Control System in 1936. They absolutely did that to not have Chateauneuf de Pape by any other name. So um, I'd be very careful about, and it always slightly annoys me when rival merchants sell declassified wines because they're either classified or they're not. Mm-hmm. And um, Okay. You're into real, could have been a contender territory. From an artistic analogy, it's school of. It's just irritating. You know, it's either a Picasso or it isn't. Come on. It's a case of where you draw uh, that line, Jason. um, Yeah, well... Not just how you draw it, but where you draw it. It's it's a lovely van der Pei, heavily influenced by Chateauneuf de Pape, made by a celebrated Chateauneuf de Pape grower, and it's less than half the price of other Chateauneuf de Pape so it's good value and it's good fun it doesn't have the ageing potential but it's not intended to so uh, we won't be seeing as I said earlier the Grand Van for another year and maybe then we can get back together and pull a few corks on some really serious bottles and give a bit more informed insight into the vintage but 
All I thought we should do today is kind of snatch off of 2018. It's been, it's been talked up mm-hmm. as a really promising year. Mm-hmm. And I think on the evidence of those five wines, yeah. there's nothing to contradict that. There, there wasn't a single... Not at all. Anecdotally, so far, so good. Not a single dud. And all drinking pleasurably. And you know, we're not going to run out of anything for a while. So um, uh, I'll drink to that. Cheers. More adventures in wine at www.yap.co.uk.